Hello, and welcome to Keeping Innovation Alive, hosted by Bill Nottingham. Sit back and dive in with us as we speak with corporate innovators and founders that are driven to keep innovation alive. Our next guest, Kevin Dexter, has spent much of his career as a leader in consumer-branded companies. And with many of our listeners spending more time at home over the past couple of years, there's a good chance he has helped affect each of our daily lives through his products. He recently became EVP and president of the dealer business unit for Spring Window Fashions, commonly known for Bali, Graber, and Sunsetter brands. Prior to SWF, he has held executive positions at Fisher & Paykel Appliances, Higher America, Samsung, and Electrolux. Kevin is also a member of the Fast Company Impact Council. Thanks for joining today, Kevin. Looking back at your wide variety of roles in your career, can you share an example, a story of a challenge that you and your team had to overcome? You know, we talked about things like smart home. I think the challenge there is being able to shift from doing something because you can versus doing something because it's meaningful, right? And that's sort of the, that can be the innovation dilemma, as you well know, right? Hey, we can do it. And then you, well, okay, that's great. But does it connect with you know, my wife, Heidi Dexter, who in her daily life, you know, finds some real value to it. And so I think just persistently, you know, how, how have I or we overcome that or how do I think about it? I do go to small sample sizes of one and I tell people on our team, go home and talk to your significant other or friends in your community and just around the, you know, the neighborhood cocktail party, just pitch them and see what the response is, right? We don't have to engender a, you know, a, 2000 person, you know, sample size to get probably get some great and and very relevant feedback. And so I think it's just always having that lens is, are we doing it because we can? Are we doing it because it will really change consumers life and the fact that it's going to scratch pain points or add value or whatever it is? It's funny you say that, you know, whenever you have a party or a group over your house, the kitchen becomes no matter what you do, the main place where everybody convenes, that is a great place to get some insights. And, and you also hit on something else too. Just because you have the technology doesn't necessarily mean you have to use it. It's really that fine balance, isn't it? Yeah. No, and I found, and you know, I think about your history where you're exposed and have been involved in so many great projects where with lots of great companies that are innovative and, and drive technology. And, and, but, you know, you really do have to sometimes pump. It's actually harder when you're involved in a great company that's wired that way to deselect things than it is, you know, most people would say like, man, it's probably hard to come up with innovative ideas. I find in really great environments, it's actually the hard part is to deselect them, get focused on the stuff that that will be meaningful. Right. Because at the end of the day, you've got to develop it. So you can't do everything. Yeah. You know, let's let's narrow the field and be specific on the, the bets that we're making, the areas of focus that we have, how we organize based on our bandwidth, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's a real, it's a challenge and an opportunity. What trends are you excited about with with the space and you know, specifically the home or you know where things are going? What I really like and and having mentioned technology earlier, I just love the stuff that now is really at the right cost base, able to make e- even myself call me the common consumer because I'm not a master chef, even though I've been in appliances forever, but able to make someone like me really look like experts in our neighborhood. So when you think about things like sous vide cooking, you think about the, you know, the increased ability to do, you know, steam and and food preparation. And you think about all of these things. I mean, it's really about accurate temperature management on a, on a surface cooking area, right? Which is the hardest thing inside ovens where you set it to 350 and it's a closed chamber. 
you know, you could, you've got a more controlled environment. You get out in this open, you've got different cookware, you've got different, you know, surface cooking elements that you're, that are at play. Well, how do you do that repeatable recipe that makes you an expert in your own home and makes you confident then whether it's for your own family or entertaining. And so, again, I just think the the influence and the cost of technology and the ability to make everybody more confident in their environment is a trend for me that's just got such upside to it. Well, and we all know that when we cook, we eat better and we eat healthier. But the thing is, it's also overwhelming and intimidating. I made a lifetime and my our sons who are now 23 and 21 could tell you, I was the the best guy that could murder a steak for most of their adult life. And over COVID, even though I knew that it existed out there, I immersed myself, no pun intended, in sous vide, right? So I just ordered a, ordered a unit. I started experimenting. And now they're like, hey, we get to a restaurant now and they order a steak and they critique it compared to what I'm able to do at home. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a funny moment, but it's a proud moment. And you know, all the other things being able to do where they're actually the default choice used to be, yeah, it was fine here at home, dad, but you know, when can we go out to a great steakhouse to now going out to the great steakhouse and they go, they didn't quite get it like you did. I mean, that's a, that's a great, I, for anybody being that expert and that confidence and all that is, I love it. Well, certainly because we all had more time at home, we got to look at our tools and, and see if we could do them better or work them better. As a consumer, that's a really a uh, great new opportunity with with these great tools we have today. Well, and I think you're going to continue to have in our whatever the world looks like in the future and the way that work moves around and the great migration and all the things that we have going on. But I do like where you see a large group of people that have reinvested in themselves in a lot of different ways, whether it's education, whether it's being, you know, better in your kitchen at home, whether it's remodeling your kitchen, you know, all the kind of stuff, being more familiar with technology, picking up a new skill. I mean, one of the things that kind of inspired me going into early COVID when we're all trying to mentally adjust to it is I heard a quote from Mark Cuban and he said, you know, what will your story be post COVID or whatever it becomes in the world? What did you do or get accomplished? And, I, you know, I think that's a great way to live is like use it as an opportunity and, uh, you know, find some new skills, find some new tools. And, and, and then that bears back to what I said. I just love where the state of technology now and its ability to start make those jets and dreams come true. It's a, it's a great time to, to be operating. You know, when you're looking to hire and expand your team, what kind of traits do you look for in people to, to, to build? Yeah, I, I, you know, there's, there's some really, I think, probably often used, I don't want to say overused, but because of the culture that we've built in our building, I think about, you know, entrepreneurial. I think about owner operators. I think about, you know, confidence. I think about willing, you know, the willingness to take in, in a controlled environment, willingness to take chances, right? So how do we create that? But, you know, so all those sorts of things that, you know, people that are okay with the unease or sometimes can grapple with ambiguity. So all of those things for our company, because we're in this high growth slash hyper growth in this market as we reinvent ourselves, you also have to recognize that, you know, those characteristics aren't for everybody. And you just got to be early on in the in the screening process or the interview process. You know, at, at the last part of it, the reason I mentioned entrepreneurial or owner operator, uh, you know, I'm looking for folks that literally want to quote unquote, run their own business, but like you've got a big angel investor that's standing behind you. To switch gears a bit, can you share a story about a product launch where you felt personally connected to? 
interesting one in, in a former life when I was at Samsung. Had at, from a personal perspective, my family and I, and we had young kids at the time. There were probably, you know, two young boys in there, maybe seven and five or seven and four, something like that. And we, my wife and I hopped onto the soda stream at home technology, you know, gas and flavor, make your own sodas at home, carbonated beverages, drinks, all that. And I kept thinking at that point, why wouldn't this be something that you could internalize into a refrigerator, for example? And where could you go with that? And uh, so what what that really led to from a personal level is some folks that were working with me at the time, connecting with the SodaStream folks and then connecting them with the R&D capability in Samsung that existed in Korea and trying to broker those together and then just go down the road of what's what's possible, which led to an actual introduction of a refrigerator where it actually was SodaStream powered and had to figure out where, you know, you actually put the cartridges and the gas and then how you would think about doing all that. But it was just a funny from a personal experience on something to say, what if, and we could do this and then start talking to the interested parties leading all the way to, you know, here's the thing that comes to market. And you get to then walk, in my case, walk my wife and those two young kids through a a retailer somewhere and go, hey, remember when we talked about soda stream one day there it is what you just shared is something near and dear to me that the best part about being in the business of developing products is that you're also a consumer and then you could take a problem and turn it into an opportunity by developing a product with your team and the part that really never gets old is that you get to see it in a store where other people will find it useful it's always fun. And it, and it does start, you think about innovation specifically, and you start to think about how do you research what could be possible, like I talked at the beginning. And so sometimes you engage in, as you well know, big studies, and you want to have a big sample size, and you want to do consumer interest groups, and you want to get behind a, you know, a one-way mirror where, you know, you're you're doing asking a lot of questions. And, and but then flips to what you talked about earlier, sometimes it doesn't have to go any farther than your current sphere of control, which is, I am a consumer. And I watch my wife as, and friends as they consume and our children, you go, that's a, to me, a relevant sample size, because if they're asking those questions, sometimes, you know, you don't have to broaden it too far. It starts to ring the aha or the common sense bell or whatever you want to call it, have the aha moment and then go pursue it. Thanks so much for joining the show today and sharing your insights around innovation. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate being on, Bill. Thank you for joining our latest episode. We hope our discussion inspired you to keep innovation alive. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. We hope you join us next time.